What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. Today's episode, a little bit more general, going to talk about the NBA as a whole, all-star. The starters just came in. Kate Cunningham did drop a triple-double on Evan Gobley, or I mean, Evan Mobley. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into this pod. Also, just before we begin, um, follow us on our socials. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on everything. You know the drill. On YouTube as well, we're posting more content. We have a lot of content planned for TikTok, so be sure to check that out. And yeah, boys, how are we feeling so far? Gotta be feeling good after that Pistons game against the Cavs. I mean, like I, I was thinking about this the other day, or well, yesterday. Um, and like that was probably the most fun I've had watching a Pistons game this season. Like, would would you guys agree with that? I know obviously there's that Kings game. There's a few other fun ones up there, like the Milwaukee game that they won. But like, I feel like that was probably at the top, at least for me. Yeah, no, I think. Uh... I think the Kings game wasn't necessarily fun, but I will say it was definitely epic in the sense the way they came back. I would say, I would say the Spurs game where it was Hamadou Diallo and Sadiq Bey in the Motor City Cruise. That game was also up there for me. But I mean, this was one of the games where we finally saw the Pistons come back in the fourth quarter. So it seems like every game, in as of recently, minus the Orlando game, you know. Things happen. It's okay. No one wants to play in Orlando. We don't need to talk about the Orlando game. We don't game. need to talk about that. Yeah. They've been playing close games, and they just had a hard time finishing. So it was, it was really cool to finally see them finish. And it was finally cool to see Cade put the finishing touches on a team. It had been a while since that happened. They were on a little bit of a losing streak. But, I mean, it was amazing. And to do it against Evan Mobley is pretty good. But let me preface this. Evan Mobley is also a beast. But yeah, what do you do with Justin? Yeah, I mean, you talked about the Spurs game. I think that was fun because everyone was just like, this is a G League team. And then they came out and won, which was pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, that was that was really fun last night. Obviously, you got the Cade Mobley rookie of the year matchup. And Cade won. I think in the stat sheet and they also went on the floor. So that just puts the cherry on top. And yeah, that was definitely one of the two or three most exciting games this year. Now I wanted to like throw a question out. So this was, uh, I was reading an article from the athletic and one of the writers proposed that this year, there may be a chance about Cade and Evan Mobley being co-rookies of the year and I didn't know that was a thing but apparently it happened in 1996 with uh, Jason Kidd and forget the other player on top of my head but what would you all think if Caden and Mobley were the co-rookies of the year instead of just one nah I'm good I want I want one winner there's no co-champions I think you gotta have a co you're not you can't have a co-rookie of the year I agree with that, man. It's it's this generation, these participation trophies. You know what I'm saying? That everybody needs <laughs> to win. Kids. Soon there'll be yeah. Soon there'll be co-rookie of the years for five players. <laughs> no, just kidding. But no, I listen. There can only be one. I think that's that's a bad idea to give it out to two guys because then it takes away like the prestige of the award. You know. So, but yeah. Um, Last thing I wanted to ask you guys, though, with Cade, um, 
is and actually I guess we already kind of talked about this last time, but what does this game do this past game against Cleveland? What does it do for, you know, the rookie of the year against Evan Mobley? Do you think it had that big of an effect that, you know what, he had 19, 10 and 10, a triple double against Evan Mobley's team and the Pistons actually won the game? I think the gap is now, I think Mobley is still in the lead. Like I, I still think, and you can also, if, uh, if someone was box score watching, they would maybe see, uh, you know, Kate shot six for 21. And that's always like, you know, if you're into that, like efficiency and stuff, it was clear Kate had a really good impact on the game. But um, I think the gap is now a lot closer. In the beginning of the season, it looked like Evan Mobley was going to run away with the award. But now I think, I think Cade has a shot. I'd still say Mobley's in front. But the thing about this is that Cade's going to have the opportunity to out, outperform Mobley over the course of the season. I know Mobley is on the winning basketball team, but he is arguably with two all-stars. We'll get into the all-star later, but he's playing arguably with two all-stars and overall just a more complete team. <laughs> I see Neil there with a little bit of a little bit. I don't know about two all-stars. I don't even know about one necessarily. Hey, 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 hey we'll hey. get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we can we can say though that it's a more competent team than the Pistons in terms of the roster construction. So I mean, Evan's gonna still do his thing. It looks like he's he's gonna be very consistent, but Kate, if he can have more of those flashy performances like he had against the Nuggets, again, against the Cavaliers. I mean, it is like, I think both players control their own destiny in a way. I think uh, as more time goes by, the more apparent it will be who the rookie of the year is. Because I know earlier in the season, a lot of people are like, is Mova or Franz Wagner in the race for rookie of the year? Is Scotty Barnes, you know, he, he had, he's been pretty good. And neither of those guys are really in contention, albeit they're still having good seasons. But, you know, I, I've said this before, but it's who's going to stay the healthiest throughout the whole season. And I think, again, I think Mobley gets the edge right now. But as time goes on, Cade could just catch up to him because he's putting up, you know, triple-double games. And whether or not he, you know, plays fewer games might not matter. He'll still get a – you know, 60 games under his belt for the season. So I think that'll be good for him. And I think even if he plays 60 games and Mobley plays, you know, 80, 75, something like that, I still think Cade could win it if he keeps putting up numbers like he has been. And I ask because, I mean, I think this is a topic that's going to heat up for sure, very soon as we get closer to award season, because like you guys said, I think it's neck and neck. What's interesting though, and I know we mentioned this on the last episode, but guess what the odds are for Cade winning rookie of the year? Just quick fire. Like plus 450, something like that, right? Or plus 700? Aiden, what do you think? Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I think it's probably more like yeah, like plus 500. You got it. It's exactly plus 500, according to DraftKings at least. Um, but what's interesting is literally just four days ago, whenever we did the last episode, it was plus 650 or plus 700. So that is going down like crazy. You know, if you're a Cade Cunningham uh, stan, maybe you got to hop on that real quick because those odds are really starting to go down. Um, but anyways, this this sort of shifts into uh, the next subject, because who knows, maybe Cade will be 
an all-star next year. We'll talk about that in future episodes. But um, as far as all-stars this year, the NBA just released their starters um, just last week. And there was, you know, a decent amount of controversy like there usually is, but maybe more so this year um, with a certain player that we'll get into. But so that, that that's kind of what we're going to talk about, which is who would you guys put as your five starters for the Western Conference and Eastern Conference? Who would be your vote? I think for me, I agree with the most part for the starters for the Eastern Conference. I think KD, Giannis, Joel Embiid, and DeMar DeRozan are perfect. I Trey Young is a little bit kind of dicey for me. The, he has played pretty well. Like he's played pretty well. And the Hawks are actually like on a tear. They've won seven straight. So now I don't feel as bad about it, but the Hawks were at the time, they were really struggling. They were reeling. And you could argue a player like Fred Van Vliet could be like, or or Darius, like, like I feel like, or even like LaMelo Ball, I think there's players who've been more successful on on better teams that I guess their teams are winning more. And that kind of matters in all-star because we then get into the Western conference. And I mean, you agree, Steph Curry, John Morant, Nicole Jokic, LeBron James. I mean, I think I think those players have proven that they deserve to be in the starter. But we can we can get into this now. Andrew Wiggins, the once Kansas Jayhawk, the once Cleveland Cavalier, traded by LeBron, which is also one thing that's going to be interesting to note is how the draft is going to work. Cause like it'll be like, I wonder how they'll like select um how they're going to select Wiggins and like on whose team they're going to play. He's going to play on and like, he's going to be like one of the later picks, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I don't love Andrew Wiggins. I feel like you honestly could have maybe put in like another guard there if you really needed, Um, you know, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, shoot, even although he's injured, Paul George had a really good season, had a really good season. He should have, could have been in consideration, but I will say like, this is kind of play devil's advocate. I know you guys are obviously pissed about it, it is in a sense this this game is for the fans. It's not like it really matters that much. And when they talk about people's career, when you talk about people's career, no one's gonna be talking about how many all-star starting, like how many games you started in the all-star game. Everyone's gonna talk about the number of all-star games you were in. So like I don't really mind Andrew Wiggins. I mean, that just shows the Golden State Warrior fan base is crazy. And um also a point to bring up Canada is a is a country. Canada, Canada's a- <laughs> Canada, Canada is a country. Canada is a country, and they have a fan base that extends outside of Toronto Raptors. They seem to show love. In fact, they were giving yours truly, Trey Lyles, uh, MVP chance at the Pistons game. So they love their Canadians. So, I mean, I respect it from there. What do y'all? What do y'all think? I think my voting was for the East. It was Kevin Durant. I voted for Trey Young. I actually thought he deserved to be a starter. Um, who else? I voted for Giannis. I think I voted for Zach Levine. And then I voted for Cade just because I don't I don't really know if any other guard really deserved to be a starter. I don't know if DeRozan deserves to be like a starter. So, I mean, I know I knew Cade wasn't going to, you know, make the all-star team. But there really wasn't a person I thought was – deserving maybe Lamelo. I think Lamelo has been playing really well and could have gotten it over DeRozan and then for the West I did Jaw, Steph, Jokic, 
I actually voted for Draymond too. <laughs> and then uh, I forgot who I think I said Cat. Um, I mean, I think Cat's been playing really well too. And Minnesota's just that team is so weird. I don't understand them. And but yeah, I mean, I think I'll be interested to see the rest of the teams because um, there's a lot of guys who are having great seasons, but I don't even know if they'll make the team like Miles Bridges, Jordan Poole, those guys like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Jordan Poole will make it, but I think he's been having a really good season and could be MIP. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to see the rest of the, the lineups. And honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the draft. I kind of like it when it was East-West more. But uh, I don't know. I think it puts a lot, of, a little bit of peer pressure on, you know, LeBron and KD. And, yeah, like those guys drafting um, too. Just like kind of awkward if you're the last pick in the draft. <laughs> But uh, or, and like you were saying, the the Wiggins, if he gets drafted by LeBron, who traded him, would be a little awkward. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I will say really quickly about Andrew Wiggins. If I am him, if I if I'm Wiggins, I'm like shooting the ball like every chance I get it. I'm trying. I'm going for that MVP trophy because I think this is like the only time he's gonna ever get an opportunity like this. And he's not a bad player by any means, but. This this is his moment. Like if I'm him, I'm I'm shooting the ball a hundred times. Yeah. All right. So here's what I'm gonna say. Andrew Wiggins does not deserve to be an uh, an all star all star starter. Good lord, I don't know why I struggled with that, but he does not deserve to be an all star starter. I think this is a universal thing that everyone agrees on, except. Uh, guys by the name of Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and maybe Steve Kerr too. No, I, I feel like even Steve Kerr knows that he shouldn't be an all-star starter. And listen, I get that it's for the fans. I don't mean to be an old guy yelling people yelling at people to get off uh, my lawn and so on, but let's vote the 10 best players to, you know, be the actual starters of this game. I just think that it's a little bit dumb that, a guy like Andrew Wiggins can get that um, honor over some other more deserving players. Like for example, Carl Anthony Towns, who's had a fantastic season and the Timberwolves are currently sitting in the seventh seed in the Western conference. And so, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always been a little bit annoyed with the voting process um, in terms of, you know, how much they care about the fan vote. Cause I think that's like what 50% of the vote or something. And so, you know, I don't know. It's interesting, but yeah, I completely disagree with Andrew Wiggins. I call me crazy. I don't think he's even an all-star at all. I know a lot of people might disagree on that. I don't think he's an all-star at all um, because I don't think he's, he's gotten better. Don't get me wrong, but is he one of the top 24 players in the NBA? No, he's not. Like, come on. You're not taking Andrew Wiggins as one of the top 24 players in the NBA. You're not taking Andrew Wiggins over Pascal Siakam, over uh, Fred Van Vliet, over Brandon Ingram. I'm taking all those guys over Andrew Wiggins this year. So I completely disagree with that one. The other starters picks, no, I have no problem with. Uh, they were all my picks as well. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, the East, I think was completely right. Again, I think 
Vinay, you already hit on it that Trey Young and the Hawks were maybe a little questionable just because they were really struggling. And so, you know, having your number one option of a team that at the time was in like the 12 seed gets to be an all-star starter is a little questionable, but Trey Young has been fantastic. And he's frankly the only reason why the Hawks uh, have a chance at making the playoffs. So yeah, no, no problems with the rest of the starters. Um, But like I said, I think Andrew Wiggins shouldn't be there. And in place of him, I probably would have put Cat. Um, I would have put Luca if it was a positionless game or whatever that they vote on. But because Wiggins was in the front court vote, um, I would have taken Carl Anthony Towns. And so, yeah, what's up tonight? I was about to say, like, this is actually kind of a question. Do you think the All Star Game should adopt a positionless, I like a positionless lineup in the sense where you pick the five best players? from each conference because like players like cat for example amazing season but he's like then you're gonna have to put him with like lebron and he's like competing against those players like what would you what are you guys thoughts on like a position on a position list it's hard to say position list all-star game in a sense i think they for the for the fan vote at least they should at least let it be you know if you want the option to have three guards and two forwards, you should be able to do that because, I mean, like you were saying, I think Luca was a, was a good candidate. I mean, your guy Donovan Mitchell might have might have made it too. He might have had a chance. So, uh, I think they should they should give the option of three guards or two guards for uh, the fan vote and maybe maybe even go to four and one, but. Yeah, and going back to the fan vote, I think the the fifty percent is kind of a little too much because if you guys remember, how, what two years ago, Taco Fall was like <laughs> number two, like most voted for a player, and like yeah, he almost got he actually almost got in just because of how much the fan vote is like a factor. So that that's kind of weird, but I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I, I agree with you that I think the fan vote, I like it should be a thing, obviously, because it's a fans league and the fans are the reason why the NBA is as big as it is. But I think it should be less because, come on, I mean, having guys like Taco Fall is just stupid. And I understand that, you know, it's a fun game and so on. But you also got to understand that a lot of these players, like these are the moments that they've been dreaming of their whole lives. And so for someone like Carl Anthony Towns, so I know he's already been in the all-star game to see Andrew Wiggins get picked over him. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a little bit weird and it's, it's, he's just not deserving of it. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind if he just got picked to the all-star game in general, but, but not being a starter, but yeah, I, that's, that's kind of my thought process with it. I was going to ask though, real quick, um, who do you guys think is a player that maybe you know, most people wouldn't look at as an all-star that you would take. Like, who's a little sleeper pick that you would have for the all-star game? Vinay, I already know where you're going with this, but I think we all know where you're going with this, but we still want to hear Garland. Of course. You know, I I actually think he actually will be a reserve, like one of the last reserves taken. So I'm going to actually, this is actually kind of, this is kind of an interesting question if you think about it. I think, 
Claire does not an all-star. This is terrible podcast. Who was the other person on the Cavs you were thinking of, too? Because you said the Cavs had two all-stars. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm confused about that. You said two? Are, you, are you referring are you to Mobley? Kevin Love? I think I think Jared Allen is like... I know. What? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what? Jared <laughs> Allen? Hey, don't come. As an all-star. Hey, 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 hey. I, <laughs> no, I know, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy, but I think... I think you could you could try to you can make an argument because you know the bigs aren't there are not that many big good bigs in the east anyway. I mean it's only Joel Embiid and then can't even think. I mean Nikola Vucevic. I don't you know what I'm saying. So like, Damn. I mean, but he's been hurt for most of the year. So like, I mean, sure. Like I obviously would take Bam. Mobley. I'd take, take Mobley over. Yeah, I would take Mobley over him. I think they come. I mean, obviously with potential, but they complement each other well. Um. But for other all stars, like it, it's kind of tough. Like, there's just been solid players. Like, I'd want to say a player like, uh, like players who are like on teams that are doing really well and don't get like, for example, like I wouldn't put Desmond Bain as an all star, but I think like he deserves a lot more credit than it because it seems like the Grizzlies, when they talk about Grizzlies, they only talk about John Morant, but He's gotten help from his roster. So I think a player like Desmond Bain, obviously not an all-star. He's only in the second year. I think he's averaging like 17 points. But, you know, players like that, I think, like, they should be, like, a little bit more in consideration. People, people should get a little bit more, you know, context. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, It's kind of a tough question. Do you guys have anyone who you think would be a sleeper? Obviously, outside Darius Garland, of course. I mean, I think in Desmond Bain's case specifically, he, he'll definitely be one of the rising stars. He'll be in that game. Um, for sure. But like I was saying earlier, I think Jordan Poole and Miles Bridges are two guys who are pretty deserving because they've definitely helped their teams a lot with, you know, Clay being out. He stepped up like crazy. And then Bridges has really taken a step in a, in, in a contract year and has shown, you know, maybe he's worth a lot more than People thought maybe he gets like a hundred mil, like that kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I think those are two guys who might not get recognized as much that should. Yeah, um, I think Miles Bridges is a solid pick. I I wouldn't say that he'd be an all star, but I think he's close. And I think not many people act like he's close, like he should be. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I'm going to go with, so the first one I'll say, I think he's going to be an all-star. I don't know if this is considered a sleeper pick, but Anthony Edwards, uh, I think he has to be in the all-star game. I know it's crazy to think that the Timberwolves really might get two all-stars this year, but Anthony Edwards has been fantastic. I mean, you look at what this dude has done since the first half of his rookie season last year, he has turned it on. And I mean, he's been averaging 22 uh, literally for the last year, because in the second half of his rookie year, he was averaging like 22 points a game. So Anthony Edwards has been fantastic. And then on top of that, the Timberwolves are the seventh seed. So they're getting the results finally that all of us have been waiting to see from that franchise. The other pick that I'll go with that nobody has been talking about is De- DeJounte Murray. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I was thinking about him, too. Yeah, I don't why, – why is nobody – I mean, I, I know that San Antonio is more of a smaller market team, and unless they're in the middle of a dynasty like they had with Pop, um, people probably don't really talk about them that much. But DeJounte Murray has been fantastic this season. I mean, I know 
we've talked about him briefly on this podcast before, but he's averaging 19 and a half points a game, nine rebounds and eight and a half assists a game. Like he has been fantastic. He is by far the best player on a Spurs team that is fighting for a playing game. Like again, it's not a good Spurs team, but they, they might be in the postseason. who knows. And so, yeah, I think DeJounte Murray should get a nod as being one of the top 24 players in the league this year, or at least after some of the guys that get picked are injured or whatever, and they have to, you know, find backups. He has to be um, one of those, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, no one, no one's really been talking about him. So I don't know. And this leads into the next topic, which is uh, kind of like the midseason talking points that we we always hear every year with the NBA, which is, of course, the trade deadline. And so the NBA is an interesting point where I think a lot of teams aren't like there's not a team that is completely favored above everyone else. I think a lot of people thought it would be Brooklyn, but the Nets have struggled. They don't look like the dominant Brooklyn team. And then on top of that, Kevin Durant just got hurt. Um, and then, you know, the Warriors have come out of nowhere, but are they, you know, far and away the best team in the league, even with Clay being back, who knows? So who do you guys think as a contender needs to make a trade to, you know, really go for the championship um, and really go all in, I guess. Um. I was just, I just first really quickly, just about DeJounte Murray. If he doesn't win most improved player, that award is, is a throwaway, bro. Like he needs to win the most improved player. You don't average it nearly a triple double out of nowhere. But to, to answer your question, I think the Utah Jazz need to make, they need to do something. They need to make, they mean the, the season is almost close to being, I wouldn't say a wash because their record's so 30 and 20, but you look at Joe Ingles, he's out, he's out for the rest of the season tour torn ACL they're out Rudy Gobert Donovan Mitchell have been out with injuries but they're one and nine in their last 10 games and I want to give an example of a team like the Los Angeles Clippers who are playing without Kawhi and PG and they're not like the best team by any means but they've managed to be playing 500 ball but when your two stars go out and your team their your surrounding team is one and nine like one and nine that kind of says to me that you need to make a trade and I feel like Utah is in a really trick because I I think we all want to see Donovan Mitchell succeed, but there's also a reality that if Utah loses again in the playoffs, whether it's in the first round or in the second round, I mean, at what point does Donovan Mitchell, depending on like his loyalty to the franchise and stuff, but there have been murmurs and rumors about, you know, I mean, let's be real. Not many NBA players want to play in Utah. That's like its own thing, but um, how, how does his, like, how do they handle him and like what he wants, if he wants to go to a new team, it's clear to me that, you know, Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal this season. I think he's he's been better. He's honestly probably a victim of voter fatigue. People are just sick of voting for him, to be honest. But that third piece is still, for me, kind of up in the air. We thought it was Mike Conley. And I will say, Neil, you, you brought this up. It's a valid point that they weren't healthy last season in the playoffs, for sure. They were dealing with injuries. But I just still feel like now with Ingles out, they kind of need to fix the rest of their core like Jordan Clarkson and Jordan Clarkson's a really nice piece Boyan Bogdanovich is a really or I don't know if it's the right one if I said it right Bogdan Bogdanovich I don't know they I don't kind of got lost there but um they have some pieces but I think they need to get either more depth or focus on trying to get a third piece maybe Jeremy Grant I don't know I don't know if the Pistons really want any of their pieces but 
I think Utah needs to make a trade before they really start slipping and they start getting middling with like, you know, the, the sixth seed and the five, the five. I know the standings, they're still pretty favorable, only 10 games above 500, but they, they probably need to make a move for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver. I think they have more assets than the Jazz do, which is important when trade deadline comes. Uh, I think the Aaron Gordon kind of trading for him didn't really turn out the way they thought it would. And they're in a really tough spot right now because the West is just tough. The West is so hard. And, you know, one game can mean a lot because they're, they're pretty much neck and neck with the Jazz and, you know, the Grizzlies and the Mavs. And they really got to step it up because, you know, last year they were what the two seed or the, or were they the three seed? I forgot. I don't remember, but they were, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, one game can make the whole difference of whether or not you're playing Dallas or whether or not you're playing like Minnesota or, you know, Portland but like I mean I don't know if Portland will make the playoffs this year but you get you get what I mean like the 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 bottom two or three teams in the west are a lot easier to play than you know you're you're the four or five game or the four or five matchup so I think that's really important for them to get probably another guard while Jamal Murray's still hurt and maybe maybe go for a wing kind of player to me. I mean, I wouldn't say they, they probably wouldn't trade for Jeremy Grant back, but you know, someone, someone who's a wing or like a, a four kind of guy or like a three, four kind of guy that they can get will, will help them a lot just because MPJ is also out. So yeah, whatever they can do to just move up in the West would be really crucial for them. Yeah, I'm going to go with, okay, first I'll say one team that I think is a little obvious maybe, Philadelphia. Just get the Ben Simmons trade done. Like Daryl Morey, come on. Just get the trade done, you know, while you can get assets back for him. Because the 76ers have done a great job without him this season. I mean, they're sitting in the three seed. They're at 31 and 19 right now. This isn't a bad team. And I think why not trade Simmons right now, get some guys back that can help, you know, build for a run in the playoffs this year. Obviously, I don't honestly, no matter what they got back for Ben Simmons, they wouldn't win a championship this year, in my opinion. But I think, you know, if they go out and make some smart trades um, and get guys, I'm trying to think of uh Ben Simmons trade options or trade targets for the Sixers, but you know, even guys like Karis LeVert even, I think would really help this team and get them closer to being a championship team. Not that I think they would get there, but you know what I mean? I think they could reach the Eastern conference finals and be a legitimate uh, contender in the East. If they just got that trade done and got something back for him, because right now, I mean, he's just killing their team. He's literally not playing. And so, you have no value out of Ben Simmons. So I think Daryl Morey just needs to stop being so stubborn and just get a deal done, quite frankly. And it's hurting Embiid. You're losing um, Embiid's prime. 
while you have it. So I think it just makes sense to get a trade done. The other team that I'll say real quick is Dallas. Um, kind of like sticking with the theme of you guys of like Utah, Denver, Dallas. These are all teams kind of stuck in the middle of the East or middle of the Western Conference, though Utah was at the top for most of the season. But the fact is, Dallas, as currently constructed, are not winning a championship. And frankly, as currently constructed, they're not winning a championship for the next five whatever years you want to say. Even with Luka Doncic there, he can do whatever he wants. He can go absolutely crazy. They're not winning it with just Luka and Kristaps Porzingis being their second best player and their third best player being Tim Hardaway Jr. or whoever it may be. Maybe even Jalen Brunson nowadays. I don't know. But it's not going to happen. And so if you're not building for a championship when you have a franchise player like Luka, what are you doing? And this is it's similar to the Philadelphia situation. They have Joel Embiid. They're not taking advantage of it and going all in. And so I think the Dallas Mavericks need to go try and get a difference-making player like Karis LeVert. I, I, I just say LeVert because I think Indiana is the most logical option of a contender to go to right now and get guys back. Like even Sabonis is becoming available. Miles Turner, who we've talked about a lot, and Karis LeVert too because they're going full rebuild. And so I think Dallas, if they can go out and get someone like Karis LeVert, um, you know, who knows, maybe offer the bag for DeMontis Sabonis, who knows, but they need to go all in and try to take advantage of having Luca in his prime as much as they can so that, you know, he wants to stay there and they get something done. One thing I'll say about the 76ers is that Joel Embiid is literally playing like his, some of his best basketball, I think of his career, almost like MVP, almost MVP level status. Yet here we are, Daryl Morey's just kind of wasting this incredible, this incredible season from Embiid. And they just need depth. I think, like Neil, like you said, they don't even need another star. Like, I know they wanted Tyrese. Like, if they could get, I don't think the Kings want to trade Tyrese Halliburton. I honestly probably wouldn't if I were the Kings. But like a player like that, just a young, a young guard, like that would be that'd be amazing. That'd be, I think. Philadelphia could definitely could definitely use a player but um but yeah I think Philadelphia needs to make a turn and Dallas like you said they they're kind of middling I wonder um I wonder I wonder too what Dallas is I wonder what they're doing too because they have a bunch of players bunch of salary and yeah no they they also seem middling you wonder if Luca I don't think Luca wants out I don't think Luca is gonna is not that type of dude just yet I think he's pretty patient but it's clear him and Kristaps, they need more. They need more than that. He and uh, Mark Cuban have a good relationship, and Mark Cuban is one of the more hands-on owners in the league and has said multiple times that he'll never <laughs> let Luca leave. So I think that, yeah, I think Kristaps obviously is the problem, and they got a lot of money tied up with him, which, you know, hasn't really helped them build the rest of their team which obviously we talked before about Jalen Brunson and free agency which I think that's going to be important for them to you know try their best to get him back to uh so the Mavs can at least you know be a be uh closer to a championship in the upcoming years yeah and I think with all these teams the common theme by the way that of, of all the teams that we've just said 
is they have franchise players that they're not taking advantage or advantage of having, you know? And so it's with Utah, it's Donovan Mitchell with Denver. It's Nikola Jokic, though. I think, I think Denver's in maybe a different situation just because they've been a little bit unlucky with all these injuries, but Dallas, Luca, Philly, Joel Embiid, certainly um, Boston, you could say with uh, Tatum. And I mean, we had this whole conversation a few episodes ago of all these great young guys and great young talents uh, like Trey Young, like Tatum, like John Morant and so on. And we said, well, who's going to win a championship first? None of us said that they would probably, any of those guys would win a championship with the team they're currently on. And so I think that goes to show that, you know what, you need to go all in right now while you can and really make the most of having those guys in their prime. Because let me just say, by the way, being a Lions fan and seeing Matthew Stafford making the Super Bowl in his first and only year out of Detroit, it is a great example of what you don't want to do in wasting a player's prime and wasting a generate not generational talent, but a great talent. You know what I mean? I will say this one thing before we go to the next topic, but it's really hard right now, especially in this league, because we're, we're all talking about, you know, Embiid having an MVP season. Jokic is having another MVP season. Giannis is probably having a better season than he did last year. He's shooting a lot better. Steph obviously has kind of hit a slump a little bit, but obviously that's, you know, to Steph's standards. But he's he was also having an MVP season. So I think it's really hard on like those teams where it's like, damn, Jokic is like, you know, you, you feel like you're wasting his prime. But at the same time, you look around the league and you're like, there's a lot. They're not the only one. And it like like I said, it really does matter about the, the rest of that team besides, you know, your top two guys. And I'll also add to that team build. I know like it's easy for us to say like, oh, you know, Luca, you know, Denver. Oh, it's easy for us to like come at these teams and say, you know, they need to build a better team. But team building as especially a small market team. So like the Utah Jazz, the Nuggets, even the Pistons, the Pacers, like all these teams, it is very difficult. It is very difficult to build to build a roster because you know in free agency you're not going to get the star players they're most of the time they're going to go to the big market so you really have to be decisive with the trades and stuff you make which is why Milwaukee which why I think Milwaukee and Phoenix they those two teams deserve a lot more credit for what they've been able to accomplish although Milwaukee Chris Middleton trade I think that was a little bit a little bit of a luck on that part I think uh they didn't know they were getting back Chris. They thought they were just getting back Brandon Knight. But um, I mean, still, though, the Drew Holiday trade was amazing. Uh, the Suns, the way they constructed their roster, although the Suns also got kind of in the in a groove and they made they made the right picks. You know, Cam Johnson, I thought is like a really underrated player they have and all their players, even the Chris Paul trade just elevated them to to another level. So it's kind of interesting to see like how team building works. But I think if there's one thing clear as as a Pistons fan and watching this team for 11 years or about to be 11 years, I think it's clear that if it's not working, it ain't working. Like I think too many times the Lions did it. Every, all these teams get too patient. They try to make it work with experts over Dallas with Kristaps and Luca, but if it ain't working, it ain't working. So that's where I'm at. And I feel like teams should be more aggressive. Ahem, AKA the Portland trailblazers. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's just like, what are you doing at that point? Yeah, and 
this sort of uh, actually doesn't lead into our last topic at all, but um, that was a horrible segue by me. But <laughs> our last topic for today is going to be who is a player that you would put, you know, that it, okay, let's say let's in a made up world. Actually, there's a few apps now about this, but um, uh, that players, the NBA players are basically like stocks. Who is a player that you would buy their stock of right now that you think they would absolutely shoot up? And this could be, so it's very unlikely that you guys are going to say, you know, Kevin Durant, LeBron, because their stock's already so high. Um, so who is a player that you think their stock and their value will absolutely shoot up over the rest of this season, next year, whatever? All right. So, I'm going to go first. So I mentioned the Portland Trailblazers, and I have to go with my man's Anthony Simons. I think he's a player that fans, they don't know him now because they assume the Trailblazers are just Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. But the dude's been balling. The dude's been balling, especially in the month of January. He's averaging like 26 and 7. Like he's, uh, he is, he is legit. And I think, and if hopefully they trade Damian Lillard, I think he's the next guy, the guy that they can build around. Now, I know that's kind of drastic, and I know fans will be like, you know, you're kind of overrating him, but my stock is highest on Simons. I think he's going to be a great player. He's going to be – he's someone who I, I, I'm putting – I'm investing in early. All right, well, I'm going to go with um... – <laughs> this, this is going to sound so contradictory to everything that we say on this podcast, but listen, we might be a Cade Cunningham podcast, a Pistons podcast. We love Cade Cunningham and the fact that he was the number one pick and we love to talk bad about Jalen Green and so on. But if I'm being objective, because I was also saying this before the draft, I still think Jalen Green is going to have a great career. I really do. And I'm saying more individual um, in terms of his career. Because, again, I still don't believe he's ever really going to be a championship type of guy. But he is going to have a great individual career. And that's something I believe to my core. Just because the offensive skill set that the dude has is second to none um, at his age. I mean, he has a lot of skills and a lot of uh, moves in his bag that, you know, most guys just simply don't have. And also explosiveness in general, too. And so... I'm going to have to go with Jalen Green. And the reason why I'm taking him also is because I think his stock is at a maybe all-time low already because people have been going after Jalen Green and the Rockets because he hasn't shown up recently so far this season. Um, it's been a struggle for him, and I know he's been dealing with some injuries and stuff. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Green. Buy low, sell high. Am I right? So I'm buying low on him. Yeah, I'm going to go with someone who probably isn't like the caliber of Jalen Green, but I think will have a very long career and a lot longer than most people expected. And that's Herb Jones from the Pelicans. I think he's played a lot better. He's played really well this season. And I think he's done well enough that, you know, you, by the looks of it right now, he could definitely get, you know, a second, third contract, have, you know, a 10 year career. And I think that's, I think longevity is really important and a huge factor. And I was pretty high on him before the draft as like a second round pick. 
And he he's really shown that he can play well with, you know, a lot of those guys out for the Pelicans. And I mean, in college, he, he really didn't play his normal position. Alabama was kind of a five, they played kind of five guards. And so he was kind of their biggest guard because he's a six, seven, six, eight wing. And he could be one of the more like one of the better three and D guys in the league for the next, you know, five, 10 years, I think, um, you know, Cam Johnson comes to mind as a guy who's like people are people like a lot. I think Tobias Harris is another guy that he could, could be like for, for a while. So I think that's someone who I'd buy stock in um, that, you know, he, he's not gonna, you know, blow up and be, an all-star like yeah like I said like Jalen Green but he could he could be like Anthony Simons where he's a big trade asset you know if the the Pelicans are still tanking you know three four years from now I didn't think starting this podcast we'd be talking about Herb Jones but I think uh, I think no he is a really good player and like it's crazy to me too that you know, we tend to say like, oh, that past pick, you know, 25 or past pick, past the lottery, the NBA draft doesn't matter. But I mean, he's an example of a rookie who maybe was picked lower, but is making an impact. But on yeah, that note, I mean, I mean, usually, usually, you know, there's at least two, uh, two of those guys in the, the second round that, you know, end up yeah. having long careers. But, you know, it's the rest of the, the other 28, 29 guys that don't. Yeah. No, for sure. But on that note, uh, sorry to do that to you, Hayden. Uh, on that note, that wraps it up for this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. Once again, please uh, check us out on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You know the drill. Aiden and Neil, any final words before we wrap up this episode? I just want to say Michigan State beat that ass on Saturday. And uh... Yeah, that's that's all I really got to say. But they, they rescheduled another game March 1st in Ann Arbor. Hopefully Michigan doesn't duck them again. Hey, man, we don't we don't need to talk about that. Aiden, this is a Pistons and an NBA podcast, okay? I mean, what are you doing yeah. bringing college keep basketball? It, keep it to college, big man. Why don't you keep it to hey, college? We, you know, we, we, we've been talking about college. We got the, <laughs> we got the previews. Uh, hey, congrats to MSU. Um, Michigan will be back, though. Don't worry. Um, I was just going to say, make sure to stay tuned. I'm talking to the fans right now because we have a great NBA draft analyst um, coming up with us um, in an episode later this week. I'm not sure when we'll be releasing it, but make sure to stay tuned to that. And like Vinayak said, per usual, check us out on the socials because we're always responding to everyone. So if you have questions that you want us to answer and things like that, hit us up. All right. Well, on that note, that is enough for me. Thanks for listening to the podcast and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.